When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles. Brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. My guest today on Americana Music Profiles is Bob O'Byrnes. He is the founder of The Fallen Stars. It's an Americana rock band from Southern California. Bobo is a storytelling singer-songwriter with musical tones leaning into that golden 70s AM rock era. Today we're talking about his new record, Sea Green Number no. 5. Hi, Bobo. Welcome to the call. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to have you on, man. A good chance to... To talk to you and catch up. You're on the, um, uh, of course, we're we're on the East Coast. You're you're in California, Anaheim. Is that right? That is correct. All right. Two miles from Disneyland. Oh wow. How how are things out there uh, in your neck of the woods these days with all the craziness going on? Um. Well, my zip code has the largest number of COVID cases in Orange County right now. Oh my goodness. Okay. So so we're just staying in and not. Trying not to go out at all. Yeah, I'm sure. How, how is that? Um, how has that affected uh, your uh, ability to be able to play music and perform? Have you been able to do anything publicly? I haven't done anything since the beginning of March. Oh my I've goodness! Had three, two national tours canceled and one European tour canceled. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This. This. Uh, of course, we got plenty of things to talk about today, and and not this, but it, this certainly has um, put a, a damper on the music industry. That's for sure. It sure has. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I was on a small. I'm still on a, a small German label that is pretty much. Um, they've closed shop entirely. Wow. And and so they said, you know, can you wait until September 2021 to release the album? I said, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm releasing it now. Yeah, wow. And and you yeah, you recorded this when? How long has it been in the can? Um, I started recording it in November, and I, I finished it in March. Okay, so you, you've been sitting on it a little bit already. Yeah. Uh, no, I think March, April, whatever. Yeah, I kind of lose track of it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, let's back up a couple minutes. Tell me a little bit about yourself and, and your exposure into music. How did this whole thing begin for you? Um, whole exposure to music. Let's see. I started playing guitar when I was about 17 years old. And just always loved, you know, the replacements, the Clash, U2, yeah. Springsteen. 
those sorts of things, those are on my Mount Rushmore of, of you know, musical idols. Yeah, good 70s and, and 80s stuff. Exactly. And, um, you know, I grew up, you know, my mom listened to a lot of music and stuff, so it's like Jim Croce, uh, Irish Rovers, Charlie Rich, so classic country things yeah, in there yeah. as well. Classic country and folk. Um, and so they all kind of just merged together into like whatever the hell it is that I do. <laughs> um, have you always been in Southern California? Is that your? Is that where you grew up and have resided your whole life? No, I grew up in uh, just outside of Boston. Okay, and uh, moved out here uh, when I was like twenty-seven or twenty-eight years old, and um, have just been here since. Just to. Uh, and you know, dove into the the scene out here. And when I first moved out here, I was playing in um, a band with this guy Sonny Moan, who was the singer of Crazy Horse when Neil Young wasn't. Oh, okay. So I, I originally started working with you know, with him, and that morphed into um, you know a, a bunch of name drops of some cool people that I've, I've been involved with out here that helped me along and played on my records and. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Has the world this, gets smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Has this been a, a lifelong pursuit for you? Do you have you done other things along the way, or have you been able to to find a career in music all along? I've pretty much had a career in music all along, um, to an extent. I mean, I I tour and and play and perform and put put out records, but I also had my own studio where I record people and produce other records. Okay. And I also tune pianos. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. That's, so these are my three things. Yes, that's that's a nice side hustle, I'm sure, especially in a an area as big as you live in now. Yes. It, it's interesting because, you know, I designed my life so that if I wasn't making money playing shows and touring, then I could make money tuning pianos. And if I was making money tuning pianos, I could record people in my studio. Yeah. I didn't anticipate all three of those things going down at once. I, I understand. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> not being a musician, but I have most of my things are in music as well. And uh, yeah, you, you never figure that the, that the um, you're going to total the whole car in one accident. <laughs> it's just uh, just unfortunate. It works out that way for a, for a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Um, have you been uh, a songwriter your whole life as well? I have. Um, originally, you know, I, I played in bands on the East Coast and things like that, where I was just the guitar player and songwriter and other people sang. And I eventually had amassed a lot of songs that I'd written that nobody else was going, going to sing. So I just started doing my own. I really kind of backed myself into a corner yeah. of being the singer-songwriter. <laughs> And and you have a a band that you um, play with as well, and uh, I, uh, Falling Stars is that the name of it? Did I get that right? The Falling Stars. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that uh, do you uh, when you do get to play? Do you um, singer songwriter solo, or do you get to play with your band mostly, or is it combination? Um, it depends on where I am. Um, here in Southern California, my wife sings and plays bass, and is also a songwriter. And so she's the bass player in the Fallen Stars. My buddy Matt uh, plays drums with us. And, you know, we'll do shows like that. I will tour solo. We've done 
we've done touring as the Fallen Stars as well, but I tend to do more shows than what other people can keep up with. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it ends up, you know, this Fallen Stars records is is my solo records, and then also have another project with a friend of mine from Australia. His name is Ben Riddle. And when we make music together, we call ourselves Riddle and the Stars. Oh, cool. Okay. Do you you play mostly regional to the Southern California area, or do you venture out into other states and and, into other uh, parts of the world as well? Um, well, Last year, I I did cross-country from California to Massachusetts and back. Oh, sweet. I went there the southern route and came back more the northern route and played shows all along the way. Okay. Yeah, and then in Europe I've played, uh, I don't know, seven or eight countries in Europe I, I play regularly. What do you find, um, or, or who do you find is your audience mostly? Where where do you feel like your music fits? Hmm. It's always a challenge, and I'm going to say I have really come to enjoy doing house concerts. Yeah, okay. Um, You know, I used to, you know, love playing big stages and festivals and things like that, but more and more I'm enjoying doing house concerts, and where those those audiences are, they're they're everywhere. Yeah. I've done house concerts in Austin, I've done house concerts in San Francisco, in Boston, in Berlin, in UK, I've done house concerts everywhere, and they're by far the most fun thing for me to do. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I um, something that I think would be fun to explore um, when we have some more time. But I, I wonder if that could be the way that singer songwriter artists like yourself can find a way out of this mess that we're in. And, and still be able to find a, a stage for your music. It is something I've been thinking about quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I was tailoring, I, obviously I had tours and stuff booked this year, and I was tailoring a lot of what I was doing towards that. Mm-hmm. You know, I still I still play through, a, uh, you know, do a lot of acoustic guitar and dobro and mandolin, things like that. Mm-hmm. But I love my Telecaster. Mm-hmm. And so I've been figuring out if I'm doing a house concert and I'm going to use an electric guitar, here's a smaller water jam that still sounds good and trying to figure out how I could still do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I well, being in Virginia, we, we are in now what they call phase three, which allows, um, um, well, phase two allowed 50 uh, up to 50 people mm-hmm. and then uh, and they they teeter back and forth are we going to stay in phase three or back to phase two but but even even with 50 people you can have uh, from an artist's perspective you could have a successful house concert and still Definitely. keep that intimate feel and so it just it it's and been in the back of my mind as well as i would it seems like a way for artists to be able to get back on the road um so um hopefully Hopefully that great. that message gets out there, and because uh, obviously you you need a platform, you you need people with houses to to catch onto the idea, to create yeah. the space for you to be in. So um, I, I would love for that to work for you guys. I've been doing a lot of the, the live streaming shows as well, and you know there's a bit of a learning curve there, but you know figuring out how to okay here's a mixer with a USB out, I can plug directly into my phone, 
and I can actually make it sound good and not sound like just, you know, a laptop microphone. Right. Yeah. And, and I've had a lot of success doing those and I've, I've done a few benefit concerts, you know, since the, the um, pandemic has begun because you know, certainly in Orange County and everywhere else is a huge um, population that needs to eat. Sure. And I've done, I've done lots of um, benefits for like the Ocean Los Angeles food banks. Yeah. And so we did an online concert where we raised enough money for nearly 7,000 meals. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, as a, as a, um, uh, as human beings, we can't afford to lose the music. Um, no. Regardless of whether you're a country artist, a blues artist, a rap artist, a folk artist, or a, you know, whatever, wherever you fit, you, the the communities that love that music can't afford to lose it. So um, there's got to be a way to keep it alive in live form. As much as the online thing is a great way to at least stay connected, you can't. Um, you, you can't replace that live experience no. from the audience, but I would imagine as well from the artist's perspective too. Yeah, definitely not. So, yeah, you finish playing a song and you see all the little hearts go up and, and yeah. hand clap emojis and you're like, oh, that's nice, but it's, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not quite the same as Aaron hearing any people no and you can't feel the energy that way not really not not no. like not like you can when you're in a room and when you connect when the artist connects with you and your music and when you connect with those people that have just experienced uh, that performance no you can't you can't exactly. replace that so uh, I, I read in in um, a piece of your press material that said that you're um, still a vagabond at heart tell me <laughs> tell me what that means um, I, I, I used to, when I was like 17, 18 years old, I read Kerouac's On the Road. And the next weekend I hitchhiked to, to Burlington, Vermont from hmm. Boston. Okay. And it just sort of started a way of traveling that was different for me, but I, I loved, I, I don't really hitchhike all that much anymore. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> I have a cost. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's still a feeling of when you travel and go new places and meet new people that is very similar to that, that experience. Yeah. And when you get outside of your comfort zone and talk to people is where you learn. And that's, that's a vagabond in me. It's always about learning, learning new things, experiencing new people, all those sorts of things. And I would imagine that would be a great source of songwriting inspiration as well. It can be, yes. Um, some, sometimes the stories that you, you learn and you, you're like, I don't think I should share that. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, I think it's just something I need to know and just keep it right. in my head. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But, but certainly there's, there's a lot of material that comes out of it. Sure, yeah. And and speaking of new material, uh, we mentioned it a few minutes ago. You've got a new record that comes out as we're speaking now. It's around the first week or so of July. Uh, you've got a new record coming out. Sea uh, Green number five. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, where did that name come from? Um, I like to still paint, and uh, some people, you know, other people are different kinds of artists. 
I am very much in the Jackson Pollock school of spilling paint and, and making a mess. Yeah. And okay. I just love, and I love the way different colors bleed together. And I have a painting called Senior Number Five. And after being on the road for several months last year, I came home and wanted to make a very quiet personal record and recorded almost the whole thing in my living room in front of the painting, Senior Number Five. Oh, cool. Okay. So, so this is a solo project, or is this with the band? Um, it's a solo project, but I had uh, the Fallen Stars played on it for okay. sure, yeah, and a few other friends as well. And that is um, releasing next week. You said July tenth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, what what is what does it look like trying to get that into the hands of your listener, especially under the present circumstances? Um, I, I, I've started to do a crowdfunder thing, but with all of the news going on in the world, I decided to not do a whole lot of promotional push for my crowdfunding mm-hmm. and just, just sort of let people know, hey, it's here. If you... If you want to look at it, here's, here's my crowdfunding thing. Yeah. But it felt obnoxious with everyone out of work and everything that's going on to try to push and say, hey, I need money to make a record. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, other people are like, yeah, I need money for rent. Like, okay, I yeah. understand. <laughs> um, yeah. These, these are costs that I usually would pick up by performing and wouldn't, wouldn't need to. But a lot of my fans have stepped up and, and said, yes, this is important to us yeah. and have contributed some money and that's been nice. Um, I'm trying to do, you, you have to start thinking of new, new things to do. Yeah, right. So yeah, I did live streams. I figured out how to do live streaming on Facebook Live and Instagram Live at the same time. Oh, all right, cool. And saying, okay, this week I'm going to do two songs a day from the record every day at 11 a.m. Mm. And and I did a month worth of, I did 30 days of covers, where each day I learned a new cover of a song that inspired me. And for 30 days I played one song a day. And it's keeping me motivated and doing stuff. Sure, yeah. And... And hearing the feedback from people saying, saying things like, I was looking forward to, you know, finding out what song you're doing today because, you know, I was really looking. Yeah. And like, wow. Yeah. That's, that's empowering to me yeah. to know that somebody else gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So I've, I've got an a interesting question. I, I, I saved it to the end because I'm just, I'm really okay. curious. Um, the uh, Leaves on the Wind the the Firefly collect, uh, connection. Um, I'm a my son and I were huge um, Firefly fans uh, of the ten episodes that were out there and the Serenity and and I I realize that probably ninety percent of the listeners aren't even going to going to going to catch what we're talking about. But I just need to know. I I I want to know what the whole connection to the brown coats and the 
Um, and, and if you're listening and you don't understand, uh, go to Netflix or, or Amazon or something and, and look up Firefly. And uh, it's an amazing 10-episode uh, sci-fi western. <laughs> but yep. how did it connect to you so much that you ended up recording a set of music to go along or, or about it? Um, my wife and I were driving home from a tour that we were doing, and we're in Arizona. And we had about two months off from shows. And we're just talking about what we're, what are we going to do? And we started joking about, like, what kind of music we play and, and how we, as the Fallen Stars, are very much um, spacey Western music. Yeah, okay. Is what we thought of. And we're like, oh, we're kind of like the Firefly of alt country or whatever. <laughs> and, and my wife says, I wonder if we could write a song for every episode of the show. And I'm like, I don't know. And it just seemed, it seemed kind of ridiculous at the time. But then, you know, you think back, you know, Led Zeppelin has songs about a hobbit. Right. You know, so, so what the hell's the difference if, you know, it's J.R. Tolkien or if it's Josh Whedon. Right. You know, yeah. it's wherever you get inspiration from. Right. So as we're on the ride home, we had a, little portable DVD player with the, the Firefly collection with us because <laughs> of how we travel. Yeah. And okay. um, and we put on the first episode and before we got home we'd written the first song. I'm like, oh, well, this isn't bad. Let's see if we can do another one. And it just kept progressing like that until we had 15 songs. We had one for, there's 14 episodes and then the movie. Right. So this, so we did 15 songs and you know, we bust out, bust outside of um, Comic Con in San Diego. Um, we've played WeedonCon a number of years. We've done Can't Stop the Serenity events in both Southern California and Germany, which were benefits for equality. Now, yeah, most of most of the people involved in the show either have a copy of the music or know of us. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's just, it's very, it's very strange in a very warm and welcoming community. And the, the music was really fun to write because the way that show was written, the dialogue is very lyrical. So you could, yeah. you could pull, you could pull bits of it from it. And so every song, you know, we'd watch an episode, we'd pull bits of dialogue, I'd sort of strum a guitar and try to figure out just sort of a feeling hmm. from watching the episode. Hmm. And so we wrote all original songs with just dialogue from the episodes. Hmm. That's cool. It was a really fun way to, <laughs> and as a songwriter, a really fun experiment to try. As yeah. Well. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I, I, I caught a couple bits and pieces of it, listening to it online. I, I wanted to know the story so I could go <laughs> back and listen to the rest of it. So that's, that's <laughs> just, the songs um, exist as a good um, after you watch the episode. Yeah, listen okay. to the song. Okay, and it's not meant to tell the whole story. It's just meant to as an addendum to it and say, "This is cool." Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> that's cool. So the uh, the new CD, Sea Green Number Five, is out next week. Uh, people yep. can get it where if they want to buy a copy of it, listen to it. How's the best way to do that? bobbleburns.com on your internet machine. Um, it's also on the iTunes and the Spotify and the Amazon and all those things. But 
my website's the best place to go from. Good. Well, thanks, Bobo. I appreciate it. Good talking to you, and uh, love the stories, and uh, wish you the best with uh, whatever's to come, and certainly with the new record. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.